We want to welcome everybody connected to this service by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and all of the social media community. We're glad to welcome all of you brothers and sisters online. We also want to welcome the entire Quaibon State community connected to this service by way of Comfort FM, XL FM, Radio Aquaibon, Inspiration FM, and Heritage FM. Wherever you're hearing the sound of my voice, ask a friend, a family member, a loved one, ask them to tune to this radio station right now. Life is flowing through the airwaves. What a joy to welcome all of you to this great service tonight. I also want to ask the social media community, like you've always done, do me the same favor again today. Invite a friend, a loved one, share the video on your page, share with as many groups as are on your page, and of course, make sure you join as many groups as possible. Let's blanket the earth with the fragrance of Jesus' grace. Put the videos also on WhatsApp, put them on monogram, telegram, let's get the word to the ends of the earth. Praise God. I also want to welcome all our Bible study centers in the city and all over the state. I want to welcome all our house centers that are connected to the service right now. And everybody watching in the campuses around the world, guys, it's going to be an exciting time as we study the word together tonight. Grab your pen, your notebook, and your Bible. You can be seated with your sweet, smart self as we get into the word tonight. Praise God. Mm -mm -mm. We are still examining relationships, building and nurturing relationships. I'd like you to turn your Bible with me to the book of Matthew chapter 28 verse number 18. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. And Jesus came and spake unto them saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Next verse. Go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Next verse. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So we began to examine, you know, the, the, the mandate that Jesus gives to the church to go and make disciples. The word disciple is the word Matthew. It means go and make students or go and raise learners. People that will learn what he has commanded. We took time to examine what did he command. All the things he taught, all the things he spoke about in the four gospels. Now Jesus gave them the, the mandate to go and raise disciples and teach them the things he had commanded. That means, like we said yesterday, you must allow the scriptures to confront you. That the scriptures have a mission to confront you. To confront your thinking pattern. Because the scriptures are not supposed to suit you. You are supposed to be the one to make adjustments to fit into the scriptures. So, you must allow the scriptures confront you and change what you believe. So you can be a good student or a good disciple of the same gospel. Now we said when Jesus rose from the dead, he said, go and make disciples. And he talked about heaven and earth. We established that the word heaven and earth is the announcement of a relationship between immortality and mortality. Heaven and earth is the announcement of a relationship between immortality and mortality. Go and make students when did he give the mandate after his resurrection 
So go and make students of the resurrection. What are we going to use in making students the resurrection? So yesterday we said we are going to examine the resurrection as a person and the resurrection as an event. Because in making disciples, it is the resurrection that will be used in the making of disciples. Now, you must also remember that when Jesus came to Jerusalem, he kept saying to them, repent for the kingdom of heaven is here or the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The word repent simply means in the Greek, metanoa, metanoa, repent, metanoa, which means change how you think, change how you think, metanoa, how you think. And in changing how you think, it affects how you act. Methanoa, change how you think, and in changing how you think, it affects how you act. Methanoa, to repent is the word metanoa. It means to turn away from and unto. To turn away from and unto. To turn away from a belief system. To turn away from an ideology. To turn away from the way you think. Which influences the way you act. And to turn to God and his world. You turn away from your ideology, your belief system. And turn unto God. That's the word repent. And that word is what the gospel is about to bring men to a place where they change their thinking and eventually their thinking affects their acting look at luke chapter 24 verse 45 luke chapter 24 verse 45 <clears throat> luke 24 45 then open he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures next verse and said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behoove Christ to suffer, and to rise from the dead the third day. Next verse. And that, next verse, verse 44. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. That repentance, very key repentance which means to change the way you think that changes the way you see change the way you think that changes the way you see and the way you act it also changes the way you believe change the way you think that will change the way you see things and the way you act the word repent Let's see an example of that in Matthew chapter 20. The background is two of Jesus' disciples have been through membership classes. They came through their mom. Their mom desired something from Jesus. And the mom said to Jesus, Grant that one of my child sits on your right hand and the other on the left in your kingdom. Two things were absolutely wrong in that thinking pattern. Two things were absolutely wrong in that thinking pattern. They felt the kingdom of Jesus was like an earthly kingdom. And so many people still has that view. 
So they view the kingdom of Jesus with the perception of what they see in the secular or in the world. When we say King Jesus, your mind goes to the king of your town, Kabiesi. Your mind goes to the village head of your village. When we say King Jesus, they think of the king of maybe uh, a place like Eswatini or Swaziland. When we say he is ruler, your mind goes to the king of your village who is very dreadful, who is a ruler, who rules with intimidation and a rod of iron. So they have that view and said to Jesus, when your kingdom starts, can my children one be one on your left and the other on your right hand? They had the view of how Jesus was going to do it which is wrong thinking remember the gospel confronts how you think it confronts your thinking pattern for for you to know it was not personal look at matthew 20 24 matthew chapter 20 verse 24 and when the 10 heard it they were moved with indignation against the two brethren because all of the 10 that were there also wanted that position they also wanted to occupy the left and the right hand. That is why they were moved with indignation. That means it was not personal. It was the general way they were thinking about the kingdom of Jesus was like the kingdom of the emperor or the kingdom of Caesar. And it's, it, the interesting part is, if you go to the end of the book and see who was at the right and left hand of Jesus, they probably didn't know what they were asking for. So they ran away when they understood the realities of what it means to be on the left hand and on the right hand. So their thinking pattern was wrong. Look at what Jesus said to them in Matthew 20, 22 to 23. Matthew chapter 20, 22 to 23. But Jesus answered and said, you know not what you ask. Are you able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? They say unto him, we are able. Next verse. And he saith unto them, you shall drink indeed of my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give. But it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared of my father. Look at verse 24. And when the ten had it, they were moved with indignation. They were angry against the two brethren 25 but jesus called them unto him and said you know that the princes of the gentiles exercise dominion over them and they they that are great exercise authority over them next verse 26 but it shall not be so among you it shall not be so among you he's confronting their ideology it shall not be so among you, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. Look at 27 and 28. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the son of man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. That is repentance. They sought Christ through the eyes of the Gentile nations. Through the eyes of the Gentile authority. Don't forget, 
what was going through Israel at that time was that the Romans were the ones having dominion over Israel. So they saw how they were doing it and wished for the same. They wanted to be in authority like the Romans. Jesus now said, no, what you are seeing in the Roman oppression is not my kingdom. In my kingdom, the greatest is the smallest. The greatest will be the smallest. The greatest among you will be the servant of all. He used the word servant. The word servant is the word slave, the word dolos in the Greek. It means slave. If you understand Bible words, you won't use some titles the way you use it. Like the other day I told you, the, the word apostle means errand boy. Errand boy. When a man says, I am an apostle, what this means is, I am an errand boy. Alright? The word prophet is P-R-O. Like P-R-O of an association. P-R-O. Or a spokesperson. The word evangelist is like a town crier who carries the message of the village head 5 a.m. with a megaphone and goes around announcing what the village council have decided. Then the word shepherd is headsman. You know the headsman? A shepherd is a headsman. So those titles were not titles of dignity. They were titles of service. They were titles of service. And that mentality has to be corrected in the kingdom. So he had changed their thinking in this kingdom. We are servants because your king Jesus is a savior. Savior means he is a servant king. Jesus is a servant king. He says he will give himself a ransom for many. The word Lutheran, someone who is like a price to be paid for another. So the scriptures ought to renew our minds. As a child of God that is being discipled, you must allow the scriptures renew your mind and change your ideologies. So we are a school and we do not allow our experiences to judge the scriptures. We allow the scriptures to define our experiences. You know, when you start growing, you start telling yourself, that experience I had before, it was not godly. Now you're growing. Yeah, that, that, that experience I had was not godly. You know, you thought it was godly, but as you begin to grow, it becomes very obvious what is God and what is the devil and what is your own self. You know, you have some experiences that are not godly, but real to you. You still have to change what you are seeing. You know, you still have to change how you see things. And the way you analyze and arrive at conclusion on matters. The experiences you have had when you got born again or before you got born again that do not agree with the word of God. As you grow, you tell yourself that experience was not godly. So don't start to worship those experiences. Rather than worship the experiences, you renew your mind. A disciple is someone who is in training. It has nothing to do with your age. You know, Jesus in John chapter 3 spoke to Nicodemus, one of his disciples. And Nicodemus was not a mere guy. Nicodemus was a ruler of a synagogue. What you call today a presiding bishop or a presiding minister. It's not likely that he was a young man. 
he must have been on you know an elderly, elderly man look at what jesus said to nick at night in john chapter 3 verse 12 john chapter 3 verse number 12 if i have told you earthly things and you believe not how shall you believe if i tell you of heavenly things then jesus said are you a ruler of israel and do not know these things are you an experienced person and you don't know these things yet nicodemus rather than taking an offense became a disciple look at matthew 26 57 another man called joseph of aramataya and they matthew 26 67 sorry matthew 26 67 they they then did they spit in his face and buffeted him and others smote him with the palms of their hands that's not the scripture i'm looking for matthew 27 57 matthew 27 sorry 57 when the even was come there came a rich man of arimathea named joseph who also himself was jesus's disciple joseph of arimathea a well-to-do person well established yet the bible says he was instructed into the kingdom look at matthew 26 verse 57 matthew 26 57 and they that had that had laid hold on jesus led him away to kephas the high priest where the scribes and the elders were assembled all right so in other words discipleship has nothing to do with your age it has nothing to do with your experiences it's about the world discipleship is a journey through the world some folks will never amount to anything spiritually because they are proud proud based on their status their age and their experience they will amount to nothing spiritually speaking because they, they, they want to come to a place where they are the ones dictating things and talking. And to come to church where you are taking notes and asking questions is strange to such people. I know some people eventually amount to nothing spiritually because they never humble themselves. I mean if a man like Joseph of Arimathea will make himself a disciple. Another man like Nicodemus, a presiding bishop of a church will suddenly bring himself to a place of learning anybody who wants to be great in the kingdom must have the attitude of a child and you know such people who are proud amount to nothing spiritually you have to be a student you have to learn in church you shouldn't choose where to serve you should just be available such that we can move you to serve anywhere that's the kingdom don't decide, no, 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 me, I must serve you. No, you're not a good disciple. You're just a fan. Disciples don't determine where to serve. They are available to serve anywhere they are asked to serve. Because service for them is what it's all about. Of course, you only could determine where you want to serve if skill is required. Then, and even with that, you should be available. You know, as a young person growing up, I served in every department. I served in prayer, I served in praise worship, I served in evangelism, I served in the choir, I served in all the departments everywhere. I served as interpreter for the message 
into another language. I served as, uh, you know, everything. Uh, clean the toilet, wash everywhere. With, you know, it meant nothing. And it's because of serving through all the processes of spiritual growth and development in the kingdom that equipped me to be able to do the things I do around the world today. You know, because when you are exposed to all levels of service, you become enriched. You become all-rounded. You become well-developed. You become well-raised. That way tomorrow, when you start a ministry and nobody is there, you're able to do all the things that are needed to be done. It makes you a solid and a balanced teacher of God's word. But today I see people just say, no, 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 my own, if it is not singing, I don't want to serve. They are not, they are not disciples. They are fun. They are looking for showmanship. And in the kingdom of God, we do not serve for showmanship. We serve for Jesus to be glorified. So you don't get to choose. You are only available to serve. And so we have Joseph of Aramathia, Jesus' disciple. And then we have Jesus' mother, Mary. Jesus is more than Mary. If there's anyone that should not be your disciple, it's your own biological mother. In Acts chapter 1 verse 14 and 15. Acts chapter 1 verse 14 and 15. This all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women. And Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. Verse 15. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said... The number of names together were about 120 in the midst of the disciples. So Mary, the mother of Jesus, was one of Jesus' disciples. If somebody should not be your disciple, it's your mother, naturally speaking. But Jesus' mother was his disciple, who was Mary, the mother of Jesus. So in the kingdom, your mode of thinking has to be changed by the world. You don't want the scriptures to agree with you. You believe the scriptures, you agree with the scriptures. You don't look for how the scriptures can agree with you. Rather, you agree with the scriptures also. The scriptures will also start to change how you see people. When you grow in the knowledge of God's word, the scripture begins to affect how you see people. In other words, Mary and Jesus' is her brother started seeing Jesus as their Lord. They started seeing Jesus as their Lord. In other words, the scriptures will determine how you see people in relationships. The scriptures will determine your view of people in relationships. No matter the popular opinion about someone or people, the world must not shape your opinion. The world must not shape your opinion about people. The media must not be what shapes your opinion about people. Don't let social media shape your opinion of people. It is the word of God that shapes your opinion of people. If you don't understand this, it will definitely affect the way you relate. Remember, we're talking about developing and nurturing relationships. If you don't understand that the word of God must be the lenses with which you view people, with which you relate with people, it will affect your development and nurturing of relationships. In the book of Acts chapter 10, before now, Jews and Gentiles never had communication. They never sat at the table to eat. 
They had nothing close to do with each other. The Jews were superior to the Gentiles. Then Peter was in a, in a trance and four-footed beasts coming out of heaven. In Acts chapter 10 verse 13, look at it. Acts chapter 10 verse number 13. And there came a voice to him. Rise Peter, kill and eat. Rise Peter, kill and eat. Verse 14. And look at Peter's response. But Peter said, not so Lord. The Lord, your Lord is instructing you. And you are telling your Lord not so. Because your mind is not renewed. The Lord, your Lord is telling you what to do. But because of your ideology, your preconceived notion, you are arguing with your Lord. Put it up. Not so Lord. For I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean next verse and the voice spake unto him again the second time what God had cleansed that call not thou common what God has cleansed if you have a pen that's a good place to underline what God had cleansed cleansed there is the word katathizo what God has made pure then there's another word they are ordinary common common is the word ordinary he said you can't do that if god has cleansed someone that is how you relate with him if god has cleansed someone that is how you relate with him despite your feelings despite your nuances if you are walking in the word of god the way God calls someone is how you will call the person. The way God calls someone is how you will call the person. So you will see people through the eyes of Christ. You will see them through the eyes of the scripture. So Peter obviously saw the Gentiles. In this instance, he saw Cornelius and his people differently. But when you start to study the word, we said... God's word will now begin to confront your belief system. Which means certain things you used to reject, you will begin to accept. Certain things you used to accept, you will begin to reject. Here, Peter, the scriptures just confronted Peter. What God has cleansed. Not what the press said. Not what the media said. What God has cleansed. What God has cleansed. You cannot call or treat it ordinary. In Acts chapter 15, watch something. Peter says years later. About what happened to him in Acts chapter 10. Because there was a dispute on the Gentiles by the Jews. Acts 15 verse 1. Put it up for me. And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, Except you be circumcised after the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved. Except you be circumcised after the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved. Look at verse 5. Acts 15, 5. But there arose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees, which believed saying, 
that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. So there was a dispute on whether the Gentiles can be saved without circumcision or they will require circumcision to be saved. Alright? Now, or they will require circumcision after they are saved. They still had this ethnic separation. They still had this ethnic, you know, difference. Look at Acts 15 verse 7. Acts chapter 15 verse 7. We're examining how the word of God changes your ideology. And when they had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, you know how that a good while ago, God made choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. That the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. Three things. Number one, the gospel is preached. Number two, they hear. Number three, they believe. I want you to highlight those three things. The gospel is preached. They hear the gospel. They believe the gospel. That's the first fact. The gospel is preached. They hear the gospel. They believe the gospel. Second fact. God who knows the heart. Look at that Acts 15 verse 7 and 8. Acts 15, 7 and 8. And when there had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said unto the men and brethren, You know how that a good while ago God made choice among us, that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. Next verse. And God, which knoweth the hearts, bore them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us. Number two, God who knows the heart. So the gospel primarily deals with the heart. God bore them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost as he gave to us. Anyone that God can offer his spirit to has become your brother. Anyone that God can offer his spirit to has become your brother. Please, if you're writing notes, this is a good one to write in capital letters. And God does not give his spirit to perfect people. God does not give his spirit to perfect people. He gives his spirit to sinners. God gives his spirit to sinners. He does not give his spirit to perfect people. Watch the last thing he says. That same Acts 15 verse 8. And God which knoweth the hearts, bore them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost as he did unto us. Next verse. And put no difference, underline that. And put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Put no difference. The Greek word there is dikrisio. Dikrisio. Which is actually dikerimen. Dikerimen in the continuous tense. That is, God doesn't separate. 
That is, there is no separation because male and female don't have different spirits. There's no male spirit and female human spirit. So God doesn't make distinctions. He purified their hearts by faith. So the moment a man believes the gospel, what happens to his heart? His heart is purified. His heart is purified. God has made no difference. Whenever you got saved, whichever way you got saved, whichever state you got saved, wherever you got saved, once you believe the gospel, your heart is purified. Look at Acts 15 verse 10. I love this one. Acts chapter 15 verse 10. Now therefore, why tempt ye God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? Why do you tempt God? That is the word. Why do you pressure God? The word perazo. P-E-R-A-Z-Z-O. Pressure God. To put a yoke. The word yoke is the Greek word zygon. Z-Y-G-O-N. Zygon or zugos. Z-U-G-O-S. It means to make people learn something. To make people learn something. That is to tie people to a teaching. To tie people to a belief system of someone. To put a yoke. To tie them to a belief system. Or to tie them to a teaching. Zugos or Zygon. Just like Matthew eleven twenty nine and 30 says. Matthew... 11, 29 and 30. Come, come, take my yoke upon you and learn of me to tie somebody to a teaching. For I am meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest unto your souls. Next verse. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And then you will also see Galatians 5.1 Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has set you free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. So you can have a yoke of freedom and you can have a yoke of bondage. You can be tied to freedom or you can be tied to bondage. Where you are learning bondage or where you are learning freedom. Why put on them this? That not even our fathers were able to bear. Look at that Acts again. Chapter 15 verse 11. Acts 15 11. But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ we shall be saved. Even as they. So the grace of the Lord Jesus. What he has freely given. That is how we are saved. The grace of our Lord Jesus. What he has freely given. That is how we are saved. We believe that he, has, that he has the salvation. And it has come to us through faith by grace. The salvation of Jesus has come to us through faith by grace. So therefore, if this is not clear to me. 
if I do not understand that salvation is by grace through faith, I will relate with believers in a negative way. I will be judgmental in my relationships. I will be judgmental. I will judge people by the way they look. I will judge people by the way they talk. I will judge people by their personality difference. And it will affect how I relate and nurture those relationships. This is very fundamental for believers. So if I do not believe that people are saved by grace through faith, I will put a stigma on them. Dr. Gabriel, you know there are some ministries where they go out, they say they're doing outreach, then they say they got prostitutes born again. Then they start a prostitute's ministry. They keep relating with those sisters as prostitutes. They put them in a special ministry called outreach to prostitutes. So they are putting a difference between them and them. And the way they will relate with them will be affected. Meanwhile, it says put no difference between us and them. And there are other ministries where they have ministry to drug addicts. And then they stigmatize them. And then they have another ministry. It's called specialized ministry. And so they put those people in that place. And there's no way those people can ever feel belonging. Because they've been stigmatized. And that is exactly what the Jews were doing to the Gentiles. That is why God said to Peter, No, what I have cleansed, you shall not call unclean. Stand up and eat. He said, No, Lord. No, Lord. He said, But I have claimed these people. They are no more Gentiles. Their hearts are purified. And Peter said, Well, ladies and gentlemen, you know what happened to me before? A while ago, that the same Holy Ghost we have, God gave it to these people. So why tempt God? Why put pressure on God? Why put pressure on God by treating them different? If God could trust them to give them the same spirit he gave us, they are our brothers. There should be no stigmatization. You don't need a specialized ministry to prostitutes. The same gospel that saved that brother is the same gospel that saves everybody else. No difference. <laughs> no difference. Can I have a good amen? No difference. You must treat believers as those saved by grace through faith. I must see people through the eyes of God's word. I must see my pastor through the eyes of God's word. The pastor must see the sheep through the eyes of God's world. I must see the unsaved equally through the eyes of God's world. This is the difference between a relationship expert and a teacher of the scriptures. This is the difference between a relationship expert and a preacher of the gospel. This is also the difference between a motivational teacher and a preacher of the gospel. Relationship experts will talk about psychology. They will talk about background. They will talk about ideology. They will talk about mood swings. They will talk about weaknesses and strengths. 
All of that is for relationship experts. People even have problems in their homes and they go for therapy. A therapist will say, write this down. Do these exercises. Affection exercises. Expression exercises. They give them. Am I saying they are wrong? No. It's just not my job. My job is to preach the gospel and believe that the gospel has the power to save. And when people believe, their hearts are purified. And once people believe, they become my brothers. No difference. No difference. So we are not doing a relationship teaching based on human philosophy here. Not at all. It has to be through the eyes of God's world. Through the eyes of God's world. Philosophy may call someone something and God's word doesn't call him so. Psychology may refer to something in a different way and God's word otherwise. When that choice comes, what choice do I make? God's word. Why do I choose to go with God's word? Because I am a disciple. I choose to go with God's word because I am a disciple. So I choose to see things through the eyes of God's word. Look at 2 Corinthians 6 14. 2 Corinthians 6 14. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? Pay attention to how the Bible describes an unbeliever. It describes an unbeliever as darkness. Who is an unbeliever? A fellow who is yet to believe or has not believed the gospel. A fellow that has not believed the gospel is an unbeliever. He might even be in church. He can be your classmate. He can be your colleague at work. He can be one of your siblings or a parent or a spouse. Very possible. So since you know who the unbeliever is, he now says, do not be unequally yoked together. The word yoked together is the Greek word heteros zugio. zugio. Heteros zugio. H-E-T-E-R-O-S. Heteros Zugio, Z-U-G-U-E. Hetero, different sort. Zugio will be to learn to tie things together. So, when you have unequal yoke, it means you are of difference. You have a difference. Like a tall man and a short lady. You can't yoke them together. Because they are different. Unequal yoke because they are not of the same sort. So one person who is learning from the other is either going up or down. They can't agree. And unequal yoke means two different sorts. And unequal yoke is a believer and unbeliever calling themselves best of friends. That's an unequal yoke. Then he begins to ask rhetorical questions. 2 Corinthians 6, 15 and 16. 
Glory. And what concord that Christ with Belial? Or what part had he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement had the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God had said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. What fellowship is the word metoche? M-E-T-O-C-H-E. Used 14 times for participation. What fellowship or what participation? What are you participating in? This is darkness. You are light. What, what are you participating in? Then the second word is fellowship. The word koinonia. That is what is common between the two of you. Koinonia. Then the third word is concord. The word concord is where you have harmony. What harmony? Symphonesis in the Greek. Symphonesis. For those writing notes, S-U-M-P-H-O-N-E-S-I-S. Symphonesis. S-U-M-P-H-O-N-E-S-I-S. So, what concord had Christ with Belial? It will always produce in a discordant tune. Because there's no symphony. The tunes are all different. They cannot synchronize. So we have no harmony. Symphonesis. Then he goes, what part had he that believes and he that believes not? And for further study, you can write down the scriptures. Matthew 18, 17. Matthew 20, verse 2. Matthew 20, verse 13. Luke 55, verse 36. Acts chapter 5, verse 9. Acts chapter 15, verse 5. That word, symphonesis, is used for cons consent as an adjective. For consent as an adjective. Then brother Paul drives it home. In 1 Corinthians 7 verse 5. 1 Corinthians 7 verse 5. The fraud ye not one the other except it be with consent. For a time. That you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer. Consent for a time. Why? For fasting and prayer. The saved cannot fast and pray with the unsaved. Because that verse is used for a marital couple. What part? The word part is the Greek word meris. M-E-R-I-S. What meris? Like a portion or an inheritance. What part? In Luke 10, 42, we see Mary has chosen the better part. Chosen the better part. The good part. Luke 10, 42. The good Marys. The good parts. Which shall not be taken away from her. Acts 8, 21. You have no part in this lot. Acts 16, 12. Then precisely, Colossians 1, 12. Giving thanks unto the Father, who has made us meet to be partakers 
of the inheritance of the saints in light. To have a part among the saints. It is used for an inheritance. That is, you and those people don't have a common heritage. You and people that are not born again don't have a common heritage. While the world is fighting, Yoruba cannot marry Ibibio. Ibibio cannot marry Ibo. Hausa cannot marry Yoruba. See Christian fathers asking their children, what tribe is he? Yoruba, God forbid, to fear over my dead body. You can never marry Yoruba in this house. And they are supposed to be believers. <laughs> what tribe is he? Ethic, God forbid. Anna, you cannot marry Ethic to fear <laughs> That's a secular. And a child of God who does that has not understood that there is no difference. You get it wrong. The difference ought to be believer and unbeliever. Not Yoruba, Ibo, Hausa, Efik, Kurama, Ibibio. We don't start doing analysis on culture in church. We don't do analysis based on culture in church. We have one culture in church and it's a culture of the spirit. That which is born of spirit is spirit. That's our culture. That's our spiritual heritage. Then look at the next thing he says. What agreement? What agreement? Sukatatesis. Sukatatesis. S-U-G-K-A-T-A-T-H-A-S-I-S. Sukatatesis. It's the word alliance. Alliance. Where you are sent to something. Where you are given, where you give a go ahead. From the word sukatatemai. There can't be consent here because nothing is common. No common inheritance, no common heritage. He says, but we are professionals, professional colleagues. We have the same passion for technology. We have the same passion for football clubs. Why do you say we are not compatible? Light and darkness cannot stay together. When the chips are down, it will be beyond profession. It will be beyond club. It is light and darkness. When you start thinking we are colleagues, she's a nurse, I'm a doctor. If we marry, we'll make a good team. And you leave out believer and unbeliever. You are thinking canal. An unbeliever is called unrighteousness. He is called darkness. He is called the temple of idols. He is called Belial. An infidel, the Bible calls him. You have no common front. Look at that 2 Corinthians 6.16. Stay with me. Second Corinthians. And what agreement had the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God had said, I will dwell in them and I will walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Next verse. Wherefore, 
come out from among them and be ye separate saith the Lord and touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you the unclean thing is found in the unbeliever touch not the unclean thing come out is the word aphorizo in the Greek come out aphorizo a-p-h-o-r-i-z-o aphorizo it means be distinct be separate be distinguished used for brother Paul in Acts 19.9 brother Paul took look at it Acts 19.9 but when divers were hardened and believed not but spake evil of that way before the multitude he departed from them and separated he separated the disciples disputing daily in the school of one Tyrannius he aphorizoed the disciples he distinguished he took them aside. He took the disciples out of the mixed multitude to disciple them. And brother Paul used that word set apart in Romans 1.1 1, 1, how God separated him. Galatians 1.15 and Galatians 2.12 how God separated him. We also saw how Peter distinguished himself hypocritically as if though he had nothing to do with the Jews. You have to renew your mind as a believer. Renew your mind at home, in the office, on the streets, in how you relate. You don't follow your instincts in relationships. You follow the word. You don't follow your instincts in relationships. You don't follow your feelings. You follow the world. You follow the world. 2 Corinthians 7, 1 and 2. 2 Corinthians 7, 1 and 2. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Next verse. Receive us. We have wronged no man. We have corrupted no man. We have defrauded no man. This brother Paul. Hayadawa. Receive us. Because we are now the temple of God. Let us stay with the promise. The promise of us being temple. Because of the filthiness of the flesh. Where is the flesh? In the spirit of the unsaved. In the spirit of the unsaved. The Greek word molusomos. Molusomos. M-O-L-U-S-O-M-O-S. Molusomos. That which corrupts. Filthiness. Molusomos. That which corrupts. Evil communication corrupts good manners. Molusomos. That is, there is nothing like a neutral relationship. Any relationship you engage in will affect you. Nothing like a neutral relationship. So he says, you have to cleanse yourself. The word cleanse yourself simply means stay out of field. Perfecting holiness. 
epetelio perfecting epetelio e p e t l e o epetelio is a demonstration or a display of god's holiness perfecting holiness in the fear of god in the awe of god so that means all my relationships must be in the fear of god all my relationships must be in the awe reverence of god your relationships matter how you relate who you relate with why you relate they matter a lot come out from among them be separate unto me so let's look at the key things there let's examine the key things there that means relationships are meant to be a common yoke relationships are meant to be a common yoke rather than a terrorzugio it ought to be alos same a terros alos same relationships ought to promote your christian experience relationships ought to promote your christian experience first thing he says is yoke the second word is uses is fellowship metoche participation the third word is koinonia communion the fourth word is harmony harmony we must play together we must harmonize in a relationship the next word is part inheritance do we have a common heritage why must i relate with you do we have these are things you use as key things number one can we be yoked together number two do we have the basis for participation fellowship number three do we have grounds for koinonia communion number four do we have a harmony are we are we able to synchronize together number five do we share a common heritage these are indices you look out for in establishing a godly relationship then of course agreement Sukatetesis. Can we have a common accent? A common go ahead? So these are the things that makes relationships. Critical things. You cannot be flimsy about this. Whether it's a marriage relationship. Brother and brother. You know. Intimate relationships. You know, these are things that are critical. Relationships, therefore, have a positive or negative value. They have a positive or negative value. Relationships must not be started to spite someone. Dr. Gabriel, you know, some ladies, when you, when they have a relationship with a guy, and the guy changes his mind, because he saw something he couldn't work with then they desperately want a new relationship to spite him 
you are using your life as a girl to play games. You don't relate to spite people. Uh -uh. You relate because you need it. And you've been able to establish the value, the positive value of that relationship. It's not intended to spite or some guys that a lady rejects to relate with. Then they will quickly get any girl. They will look at that girl and look for a girl that has all the opposites of what the other girl has. Then they will engage her and be projecting all the things she has that the other girl doesn't have to spite. And then when they get married a few years down the road, they divorce. Because he wasn't looking for a lady. He was looking for a tool to use in spiting the other one who made him feel that he was not good enough. You're stupid. Relationships are not for spiting people. Relationship mustn't be done to get over a wound. You don't use relationship to heal a wound. Somebody hurt you, then you get a new relationship to heal. You use the relationship to heal yourself. And once you are healed, you don't need that relationship again. So that brother or sister that you brought close into that relationship was only used as a tool. Not because you valued or needed the relationship. That's foolish. Relationships are not to be done to fight someone. You don't get into a relationship just to fight people. No. That's not the purpose of God for relationships. Relationships must be done to glorify God in reverence. So we said that the resurrection therefore of Jesus is a marriage. The resurrection of Jesus makes us neighbors. The resurrection of Jesus brought, makes us friends. The, real, the, the resurrection of Jesus has made us brethren. In the resurrection, we see a king and his subjects. In the resurrection, we see fellow citizens the Lord and his servants. We took time to look at all of that last week. Now, so the word of God shapes your view of relationships. Someone asked, what's the highest form of relationship a believer can enter into? What is the highest form of relationship a believer can enter into. You don't have a choice of brethren. You have no choice. Once you're born again, every brother is your brother. You don't have a choice of siblings. You don't have a choice of the king and his subjects. You're already a subject because there's a king. You have siblings in the kingdom. You don't have the choice of being a citizen. You're already a citizen of heaven. There are relationships that will now depend on you. Listen carefully. Friendship 
is the highest form of relationship. Friendship. Friendship is the highest form of relationships. No matter whatever kind of relationship you have, whether husband, wife, boss, employee, friends, neighbors, the highest form is friendship. You need to learn to be a friend. And you need to learn how to make friends. You need to learn to be a friend. And you need to know how to make friends. Of course, the scripture lets us know that you have enemies. Satan is an enemy. Death is an enemy. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. John 16, 33. The world is not your friend. The world is not your friend. Galatians 5, 17. The flesh is not your friend. Take note of your enemies. Satan death the world the flesh so it's vital that I spot that in the way I relate I have to look and ensure that I identify the world the devil and the flesh so when I see the world the devil and the flesh I know this is not friendship. This cannot be friendship. Once I see the world, the devil, and the flesh, even though it may be appealing and attractive, but if it has the world, if it has the devil, if it has the flesh, then it is not godly. Remember, my relationships must glorify God. So exactly is what brother Paul is saying. We are to get across to sinners. Get them born again. But he's not dealing with those. Who are intimate friends. Those in your inner circle. Those with you and around you. You have to choose. You have to make a choice. Jesus, for example, had 12. Then he had three. Then he had one. 12, three, one. Let me expand it. He had the multitudes. He had 70. He had 12. He had three. He had one. All those were relationships. You have to realize that in your relationships. Everybody can be intimate. Let me say this. Any undefined relationship is dangerous. Any undefined relationship is dangerous. You must sit down and ask yourself, who am I to this person? And who is this person to me? Is he or she in the multitude? 
Is he or she among the 70? Is he or she among the 12? Among the 3? Because if he or she is in the 70, we are just to serve together. They went out two by two to preach. Or is he or she among the 12 who are with him all the time? Or is she or he among the three that he took to the Mount of Transfiguration? Or is he that one fellow, Peter? You must choose who your friends are. Never allow an imposed friendship. Never. Never allow an imposed friendship. You must be in control of your relationships. I don't mean dictate to your relationships. You must know who comes and who doesn't come. Clear definition. Proverbs 25, 28. Are you getting blessed tonight? I'm almost done. Proverbs 25, 28. He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. So we have, we had someone who came around Jesus and changed. You must learn how to handle betrayals in relationships. We're going to explore these accounts tomorrow, but let me read it just before we close. Luke 22, 48. But Jesus said unto him, Judas, betrayest thou the son of man with a kiss? Betrayest thou the son of man? With a kiss. This one is not the one in the crowd. He's not even one of the 70. He's in the 12. Matthew 26, 47. Glory. And while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the 12 came, and with him a great multitude with sword and staves, from the chief priests and elders of the people. Next verse. Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same is he. Hold him fast. Next verse. And forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, master! And kissed him. Next verse. And Jesus said unto him, Friend, <laughs> I love Jesus. Friend, wherefore art thou come? Then came they and laid hands on Jesus and took him. He, Jesus had a friend that became an enemy. Dr. Gabriel, take note of this. Anytime someone that is highly respected is no more respected, it is someone close to him that did it to him. Anytime someone that is highly respected is treated with disdain. Someone close to him has rubbished him. This is a fact. Psalm 41 verse 9. 
Psalm 41 verse 9. Yea, mine own familiar friend in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, had lifted up his heel against me. Observe. Mine own familiar friend. Put it up again. Mine own familiar friend in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, had lifted up his heel against me. You have to learn. Every one of you listen to me. You have to learn to be a good friend. Yes. Choose your friends. Make sure you choose them. Don't let them impose themselves on you. Choose your friends. Then when you choose them, be a good friend. The 12 didn't know what happened. Which means up, up until that action, Jesus gave him room to still be a good friend. He gave him room. We have to learn from that. Jesus gave him room. He believed the best of him. Once you have chosen your friend, believe the best of him and be good to him. Jesus believed the best of Judas. You know, familiarity with people can bring two things. It can make you a good friend, protective. It can make you a good friend, protective and godly. Or it can make you the door where the enemy comes in to hurt others. It can make you the door where the enemy comes in to hurt others. We're dealing with relationships. Building and nurturing. And we're laying a doctrinal framework on relationships. Are we blessed tonight? Yes. Choose your friends. But once you choose them, be a good friend. And remember, familiarity can do two things. Two things. Because you and the person you call your best friend or your friend, you must open up to them. It can make you a good friend by being protective. By defensive, defending your friends in godly or familiarity can open the door through which the enemy comes in to hurt others. Ladies and gentlemen, let's be good friends. Amen. Stand on your feet. Father, we pray tonight. Pray that this word goes right into the, into the hearts of your people. Realigning, correcting, instructing, enriching, and equipping your people to walk in the realities that are theirs. I take authority over everything contrary. In the name of Jesus, I decree that barriers are terminated. I decree that your word shapes us. Our mindsets are being corrected. We unlearn, we relearn. 
So our relationships will be of glory to Jesus. Thank you, Father, for answered prayer. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer says a powerful amen. amen. Glory! glory! Are we blessed tonight? Amen. Grab an offering. Let's give us a join Mr. Michael Bush in the next two minutes and ask the counselor now so we can respond to your bills, your phone calls, your text messages and bring clarity doctrinally to issues that may require clarity from the things we teach you in the word of God. Remember this coming Sunday is our partnership Sunday and yesterday I began to talk about people ask, I began to talk about all of you that follow online and on faith, television and on radio and everyone in the church here supporting to help us with a social media campaign that begins from this June which is actually tomorrow. We want to go aggressive in the month of June. And I want to thank those of you that have started responding. If you are yet to respond, you can begin right now. I told you I want people that can support the social media campaign with $100, $200, $500, $1,000 to your ability. And you just need to shoot a mail to Dr. Abel Damina at yahoo.com and we will send you banking details to the account where you can pay in that money so we can use it effectively to get the gospel to as many people as possible through the month of June as we build up to 30 days of glory. So thank you again for responding. And remember, like I said, next Sunday is Partnership Sunday. Lift up your offerings. We want to give in faith. The banking details are on the screen, both on TV, on social media, and radio audience. Mr. Michael Bush will read the accounts for you so you can support this ministry, support this mission. So together, we will see the entire blue marble planet overtaken by the gospel of Christ. Thank you for giving to the Lord. Lift up your offerings, Father. We give in faith, we give with joy, and we thank you for the privilege of making a difference with our finances, getting this gospel to the ends of the earth. And in the name of Jesus, as we give tonight, our offerings are a sweet smell, and we rejoice that every need is met supernaturally. In Jesus' precious name, and every believer says a powerful amen. Glory to God. Amen. Now listen very quickly. I'm joining Mr. Michael Bush right now for Ask the Counselor. You don't want to go away. Get more people to join. It's going to be exciting as we adventure in the word of his grace. Till I see you in the other studio. Enjoy the grace of Christ. Let's celebrate viewers around the world for being a part of this service tonight. Glory! Amen! Woo! Glory! You have been blessed by this message. For these, all the messages and books by Dr. Abel Damina. Please call plus 234-806-800-9939 or email powercityoffice at gmail.com.
Banaga. Brenda Gozo Kule Nemehe. Jajoko Tonike Lina Maha. Angra Nonzo Kula Namaha. Dedrene Gegele Nemosa. Say of the Spirit of God, there has never been a scarcity of my power. All the power that you will ever need, I made available to you at the point of your birth. You were born with all of my power. You were not born deficient. You were born complete. Everything that constitutes me was packaged together to give birth to you, saith God. But you will have to place a demand on the resources that are available to you by regeneration. And you place that demand intentionally so you make that power available in the natural. So you see, saith God, when you do not give yourself intentionally to take off and take from my power, then you live the life of defeat. You live a life that is full of apologies. You live a life that attracts sympathy and sorrow. Then you live under undue pressures. Saith God, I never designed for you to live a life of pressure. I designed for you to live a life of rest. But you cannot function in rest from the natural. You only function in rest from the spiritual. From the spiritual. From the spiritual. That's why in my word I said to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be spiritually minded. When your mind is full of the spiritual possibilities that are available to you. You function from a place of rest. And no devil in hell has what it takes to discomfort your position. staying tuned ask the counselor starts any moment now first though the preamble bank details for especially the radio audience the account name is power city international there are three accounts on this edition of the program i start with zenith 10 12 ubia 139-26465. As for UBA, the account name remains Power City International. It's the same for FCMB 2982682028. 20, 
29826820 that's announcement number 1 2 calls in the next 5 10 minutes we'll be able to take your calls and i look forward to you joining us on the program the number to do that on is plus 234 if you're doing from outside the country of course otherwise it's just simply 0806 809939 809939 if you're calling from within nigeria otherwise remember plus 234 before 0806 or you can also send an email or two to ask the counselor now at gmail.com or better still an SMS or two to plus two three four seven oh three six nine one eight six four two. But if you're doing from inside the country, remember it's seven or it's O seven oh three six nine one eight six four two. Final announcement for sponsorship for support. For partnership on Ask the Council and indeed with Power City International or indeed Global Bar, Bar what you need to do is just call up plus two three four if you're doing from outside the country, otherwise it's 0803 275 or why not an email or two to Dr. Ebel Damina at yahoo.com. Doctor there, of course, is DL. So the stage is set. I'm done with the announcements any moment now. We get the program started, and um, even before just doing that, before we do so, let me also acknowledge the producer of the program, and that is um, Pastor IJ Query, complete with the production team. Wonderful young people, they're working behind the scene, making sure that the, the world can gain from this Christocentric program. Okay, um, Dr. Graber is also still in the house, so to many others, I'll be able to acknowledge them to acknowledge them as we progress. My name is Michael Bush, by the special grace of God, I'm the anchor of the segment, and um, things are going really, really, really well. Okay, um, on this edition of the program, I have entries from South Africa, I have entries from the UK, I have entries from Kenya, I have entries from, uh, from, 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 from Zambia, I have entries from Anonymous, I have entries from Lagos, I have entries from all over the world, from Pepacot, and um, Lesetho, all of that. We just take them as we start. Global Bar is already here. Help me welcome this fantastic tele-radio evangelist and somebody who continues to make all of us quite proud. Help me welcome Global Barber, Dr. Abel Damina. Thank Continental, Mr. Bush. So good so to good have to you here. So evening. good to see you, Global Baba. I know so your day good. was very busy. Yes, with all these yeah, and yeah, we, we recorded four episodes of um, 20 Questions today. Wow. And my, my, my. That went on for seven hours. So. How was it? Fantastic. It was wow. so, so good. Wow. So, so good. Okay, wow. Global Baba, the traditional opener for the program before we set sail. And that is um, prayer for everyone. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that your word is alive in our hearts and alive in our nation and alive around the world because believers are everywhere all over the world. And we rejoice that your word is growing. The influence of your word is growing every day. Men are being equipped. Believers are being raised. Disciples are being taught and equipped all over the nations of the earth. The gospel of Christ is thriving around the world. And we decree that this gospel is proclaimed without fear. The word of the Lord is being glorified among the people as it is with us. And we also pray for Quaibom State. We pray for this dear state. We decree that the light of this gospel keeps shining very bright in the land. Men and women are coming to the knowledge of the truth. 
Thank you for the governor. Thank you for his executive council. Thank you for every one citizen of Akwaibom State. We decree that the word of the Lord continues to grow big all over this land. And we take authority over everything that is contrary to the peace of God. We frustrate the devil and his devices. And we decree that his hold is broken completely. Thank you, Lord, that your word rules in the hearts of men all over the world. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Global Bible is a fantastic point to kick off the program. That's right. Even so, we need to remind the listener and the viewer that in another two or three minutes, you can start joining us on calls, on telephone. Okay, Global Pastor, we start this freestyle edition of the program from South Africa. Dear Global Baba and Mr. Bush, Sir, you are a great preacher of this generation, but the problem is that everyone outside Nigeria is experiencing this same problem, and that is how to get your materials. The so-called prophets of our time can get the anointing materials across the globe. Global Baba, why can't we? This is a real challenge that needs your attention. We need hard copies of your books that we can pass on to other generations or on to our generation and then others. We need to walk into a building anywhere in the world to buy books and your materials. Thank you for your quick response to this. Michael Shabalala in Joburg, South you. Africa. Thank you for your observation. We're working on it and uh, pray along with us and be patient with us. But the good thing is that whenever you order for the materials from anywhere in the world, we're able to get them to wherever you order them from. So... Uh, that's a step in the right direction. So if there are materials you require, just shoot a mail and make sure you follow through and our office will work with you and get the books right to where you are. People in Australia are getting the books. People in New Zealand, people in China are getting the books. South Africa is just right beside us here. So just place your order and do the needful and the books will get to where you are. Moreover, they are on Amazon. Go to Amazon anytime. Just get there and get whatever book you want on Amazon. There are also books right now you can order for them and within one second you have the soft copies of those books on dramaministries.org so the books are there available for people who really want to get them okay global baba i was just wondering because he actually mentioned amazon here and didn't have some fantastic things to say about amazon that's why i removed it in the first place but so i just need to tell him that we've taken note of that Okay, let's get anonymous, Global Baba. This one, dear Global Baba, what would you say about men who are irresponsible, loving everything, they leave everything for their wives, food, school fees, and they don't care, yet it does not bother them? Well, a man who is not bothered is not even a man in the first place. How did you even marry him in the first place? How will you marry a man that is the boy, actually a child, in the first place? That's where the matter begins from. Uh, you should have looked well before you get married to somebody the signs are there whether the man will be a responsible man or not the signs are there except you are not paying attention so what do you do well it's your cross you carry your cross carry your cross if he has a pastor talk to the pastor let the pastor you know make him see that he has to be responsible and of course if he has friends talk to his friends let them talk to their friend and make him see he has to be responsible you too must have some frank talk with him and uh, pray for him above all, you know, that he will wake up to being responsible. That's all you've got to do at this point. But you should have looked out for those signs in the day when you and him were talking about marriage. You should have looked out for it. Okay, producer, we're ready for phone calls. And um, while that is going on, I'll take another anonymous message. Even I, as I make to leave South Africa for another country, perhaps still on the same continent. 
Dear Global Baba, follow your teachings online, but never had the opportunity to watch or be taught about baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now my question is, speaking in tongues and evidence of the baptism of this Holy Spirit, according to Acts 2 verse 4, when compared to 1 Corinthians 4.11, setting the different gifts, because where I worship, they say that the evidence of one that receives the baptism of the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. Please, Global Baba, I need to understand it. My argument is that when, what if I don't speak in tongues? Does that mean I have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit as one who has confessed Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior? Well, that word baptism has to be used within context because that word baptism uh, in the book of Acts, baptism with the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. So if you are not speaking in tongues, you are not baptized in the book of Acts. In the epistles, it is the indwelling of the Spirit. So as a child of God, if you have the Spirit, everywhere they had the Spirit in the Bible, in the book of Acts and in the epistles, they spoke in tongues. And the Bible says, this sign shall follow those that believe. In my name they shall speak with new tongues. So it's important for you as a child of God, who is born of the Spirit, to speak in tongues. It is part of your heritage in Christ, and you don't want half measures. You want to go all the way and enjoy all that Christ has made available to you, as a believer. Okay, Global Baba from South Africa, passing through those anonymous uh, lands here and there. We're getting straight now next to Kenya. Dear Dr. Damina, may grace and peace that we've received according to the love of God, according to faith in Christ, Jesus be yours. With humility of heart, I receive, receive greetings from Nairobi, Kenya, from Frank Masaga, a young evangelist with eagerness to know Christ more and more. I have listened to many preachers, but I must admit Christ is taught at Power City International with sound doctrinal revelations, Global Baba. I was born in an SDA family. Global Baba, I want to be under you. I have called Kenya Campus, and I'm waiting for them. This is the same gospel I've been eager to hear and to preach for many have wandered from the truth, and I've turned to their stomachs. I think I thank Christ. I thank God for this exposure at this early, early age. If you have disciples, Global Baba, please know that I'm already one of them. Thank you. God bless you. Amen. So glad to hear from you. And I'm sure Kenya Campus will reach out to you. But even if they don't reach out to you on time, you know, try and get back to us again. And we will see how to get our, our the, the regional coordinator for Kenya to reach out to you. Bless you. Amen. Let's make progress from Kenya to somewhere anonymous here again. Hello, Global Baba. I've been particularly blessed by your teachings. Religion has fled from me. I now walk in light of my identity in Christ. In a short excerpt from your teaching, Global Baba, I heard you say God's word does not forbid a woman from proposing to a man, but I couldn't get the privilege of listening to the end to hear the place in God's word that teaches so. I will be glad to have you shared with me. Thank you. Well, I didn't say God's word. I just said there's nothing wrong in a woman proposing to a man. And just like there's nothing wrong in a man proposing to a woman. The important thing is that a proposal happened, an agreement was reached, and marriage took place. That's what matters at the end of the day. Amen. So let's now go next to um, the UK. That's the United Kingdom. And says, hello, Global Baba. My name is Kay. I live in the UK. We've never met in person. I've been following your teachings. I started not so long ago on YouTube. Dear Global Baba, I'm kindly asking if you can pray for my son. He's 30 months old, but he cannot do what other children of his age do. He can't talk. He only says Papa and makes other sounds that last make. 
He can't eat solid uh, foods because he can't chew. His tongue is heavy. He can't stand sounds. He can't socialize. He can't play even with his electronic toys. Everything around him scares him. Please pray for my son, Global Baba. Okay, we'll pray for your son at the end of the broadcast and believe God for a miracle. From the UK, we'll try to see what happens in the US. Global Baba and uh, the PC International family. My name is Kathy. I reside in the United States of America with my husband and two children. I've been listening to your messages on YouTube for about six months now. Up until I started listening, I was confused about life, then I repented. Thank you to the Father. I would like Global Baba to thank you for the clear and precise message of Jesus Christ, our Savior, that's helped me in restoring knowledge of what the promise is for my family. I'm just going to punctuate that there and take this first caller. Hello. Hello, good evening. Many thanks for joining us. Where are you calling from? My name is Julius. I'm calling from Well, I didn't hear where you're calling from, but go ahead. Pardon? I didn't hear where you were calling from. Go ahead. Okay. Papa, good evening, Papa. Good evening. Bless you. Yeah, bless you, Papa. Papa, I'm, I'm Julius by name. I love how what you are saying about relationship. And, and I'm, the last one of you advised right now about the lazy person that, um, that um, is getting married. Papa, I was the guy that called you some time ago. That was two months ago. A physical challenge for you. Are you hearing me, Papa? No, I'm not. Yeah, sometimes I only have physical challenge. Even me. Even okay. me. Okay. Okay. I say I'm a physical challenge person. Okay. I called you sometimes ago. I came yesterday to visit you in your church. I'm a blind person. But unfortunately, I couldn't. So, Papa, please, I still want your prayers. Okay. And I still want your advice. Because I can bake very fine. I can cook. Okay. No it's called this program before. You've called the program before, right? Yes. Okay. You know what? I, I think that um, because Global Papa can't even respond to you now, um, it was just at some point it will be cut, at some point you will come back again. So what we can do, perhaps at 8 o'clock, um, at the point of this program, as soon as it's top of the hour, as soon as we end, just call, and they can bring the phone to Global Baba. You'll be able to intervene, all right? Did you hear me? I'm sure okay. Yes, I heard you. Okay, let's just try that and see. In the next um, less than 20 minutes, you can just call back. Okay, but let's get back, Global Baba, to the United States of America, where Kathy um, was writing from, and I continued throughout my childhood, Global Baba. I was brought up confused about who Christ is and what it meant to be a Christian. I've been praying daily and listening to the word almost daily, trying to absorb it. This is new to me. So much information coming from you. I struggle daily, feeling overwhelmed and anxious with what I need to do to get my faith and heart aligned fully with God's plan for me. Please, any words of wisdom would be appreciated. Also asking for prayer for my husband, Oscar, whose home country is Guatemala. He needs help with receiving his citizenship papers. He's a hardworking and loving husband, friend, and most of all, father. Please pray for the right people to come into our family life to create this blessing. Most importantly, thanks be to our Father and Savior, Jesus Christ. God bless the ministry, work you and your office perform. I hope to meet you someday. Amen. We'll pray for you at the end of the broadcast. Thank you for reaching out. I will pray for your husband too. 
Okay, so let's make progress now back to South Africa quickly, quickly. I'm Joe Buck and still from Michael Shabalala. And it says, hello, Global Baba and Mr. Bush, sir. Have you noticed the situation in the northern part of Nigeria is changing because of your prayers? Keep up the good work. We'll come back to that. Global Baba, the second caller. Hello. Good evening, Mr. Bush. Many thanks for joining us. Anyway, where you calling from? This is a, a prophetic figure calling you from here. I'd like you to do us the honor of just shifting from your listening device. If you are watching on TV or listening on radio, just shift, shift from it. Go ahead. Okay, I have done that. You haven't. But go ahead. Please, I want to ask a question. You know, you know, this is an international show. Um, you either obey the rules or we have to cut you off, I'm, I'm afraid. It, see, when you're watching TV or you are listening to radio and somebody um, is calling and then the thing is making so noise, in fact, many people tune off. So we're not going to allow that happen to our show. You, we'll give you one more minute. Can you move away? Are you there? Okay. I, I'm sure the technical people even moved him away before he moved himself. Okay, so Michael Shabalala in South Africa says things are changing in northern Nigeria. Yes, we, we, sure. we keep praying and we believe God things are going to be permanently changed. In the process of time. Thank you, Michael. Okay, so back to Kenya and um, dear Global Baba, my name is Alex Jito Chumba. I'm a pastor at Protestant Community Church in Riru, Kenya. I'm glad to follow your teachings. I want you to teach me more so that I can go on and equip others. Thank you, sir. Keep following. There's a lot more to teach and to learn, but we're glad to know you're there. Bless you. Quickly, quickly, back in South Africa. Hello, Global Baba and Mr. Bush. We are watching KLN TV from Rustenburg, South Africa. Sir, I have a request. My brother-in-law and his wife have been trying to get a hold of you. They have been in a painful situation for two years now. They really need your counsel and prayer. Global Baba, here is their contact. He leaves the contact and gives his name as Power Muwira in South Africa. This caller. Hello. Many thanks for joining us. Just go ahead. Your name, where are you calling from? Hello, my name is Amnesia. Yes. What's going on? Okay. Um, yes, the technical people, I, I really must salute you. That's what you, that's, yeah. uh, you're doing wonderful work, um, technical people. Uh, and then I appeal to you watching or listening once you get on. If you like, strangle, bury the, the, the volume on your set. You understand? Just so that you speak directly. Otherwise, you'll be causing some little problems here and there. Go, Baba, our, office, our office will reach out to your brother and his wife, and they will find out what the matter is. Bless you for writing. And then at the end of the program, we'll also look at prayers for them. Yes. Okay. So, to South Africa. Again, I'm Soli So from South Africa. I've been listening to your preach on YouTube. And there are a few questions that I would like clarification from you, Global Baba. One, does it mean one's saved or we're saved? I'm asking that um, to say that if a brethren indulges in sin, such as fornication and adultery, after being saved, does that mean the brethren will see paradise? The word says heaven is not for fornicators and adulterers. What about malice? What about stealing? What about anger? What about unforgiveness? Why did you just stay with fornication and adultery? Sin is sin. The problem is you classify sin. Jesus is the cure for sin. And when a man receives Christ, sin cannot stop that man from being in heaven because Jesus is the lamb that took away sins. 
So once a man is saved, he is eternally saved in Christ Jesus. Because God does not offer temporal salvation. Salvation is eternal life. Everlasting life is God's eternal union with the man who believes the gospel. Okay. Lobaba, another caller. Hello. Hello. Many thanks for joining us. You know where you're calling from? Hello. Yeah, we can hear you. Just go ahead. Good evening, Mr. Michael Bush. Many thanks for joining us. Yes. This is Uncle Chris from Cyprus. Good evening, Global Baba. Bless you, Pastor Chris. Um, I'm doing well. Thank you, sir, for your teaching. Thank you for everything. I'm in North Cyprus, and we are looking forward to establish the campus in the days ahead. I work with um, Brother Kofi Senkosi, which is a footballer, a seventh follower of you and his son. So, Global Baba, I'm a Cameroonian. I wanted to speak with you. That, um, please, when you are teaching, since the bridges in Cameroon, you are not aware of a Bananda campus, which Pastor Matthew, our camp coordinate, um, campus coordinator, is aware. Please, whenever the, like the sister that called the other day from Boya, I was asking, so there's a campus in Bananda, and the, the campus coordinator there, Mr. Vicky, have some of your books, which she was asking as well. So please, whenever a call or email comes in, kindly refer them. Whereas we look forward to establish other campuses in Cameroon. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Pastor Chris. We'll make sure our office follows that up. Bless you. Okay. Um, yes, Pastor Chris, calling from Cyprus. Cyprus. Wow. Cyprus. Yeah, he's a Cameroonian. He comes from, well, I don't know where he comes from, Bamenda. But Bamenda is in the north west province oh. and boya that somebody called from is in the southwest province oh, you know okay global bar. some geography there i know getting I physical see. now not i spiritual. can see i can see <laughs> you're painting the pictures <laughs> okay global bar. so we get back to soliso from south africa says so jesus said we must always take communion whenever we gather for his remembrance i think that some of these questions global bar keeps coming because the people or some of these questions keep coming because um, people just, they, they listen here. They are they, selective, you know, selective listening. And all of that. So because it says, um, when I heard your comment, vis-a-vis uh, -vis the brethren's question the other day, your response, that we can take it, but there's no significance in the body of Christ. I was wondering whether baptism has an all, um, is that talking about communion or baptism? Okay, let's stay with baptism. He was wondering, that, but, um, not communion. You know, that Bapt communion. Baptism has no significance in the New Testament. It has no significance whatsoever. It was used to point Jesus. Jesus is here. We don't need it anymore. Anyway, you can get my materials. The last Soteria 7 dealt with all of that. And you have to follow well. If you're following haphazardly, you keep having questions. But if you follow very well, your questions will be cleared with sound exegesis from Scripture. And, of course, it's the same answer that goes for the communion. Yes, same answer goes for the communion. We've done a lot of teaching. There's even a book on the communion table. We we'll advise you to order for it. It will help you a lot. Okay, because it's question just to make sure um, so those who are watching and those who are listening will follow. Was baptism, as all Christians are expected to be baptized in the water, isn't that what is supposed to happen to a new Christian? No, the, the, the day you're born again, you're born of the Spirit and you don't need water baptism because we only have one baptism, Ephesians 4, 5. So once you receive Christ, you're baptized into Christ. That's all that matters. 
Okay, let's go and join our man, Leonard Bet, uh, Bessa, who is in K uh, Kitwe, Zambia. Says hello, beloved Global Baba, the Intercontinental Mr. Bush, Global Baba. You are a successful minister of the New Testament. Thank you so much for having obeyed the responsibility of feeding the flock of God with a diet that is so balanced. Okay, thank you so, so much, Global Baba. I have now come to understand that whatsoever doubts the eternal nature of salvation we have in Christ is not saved. Because one saved is that he or she comes into a lifetime learning of what has been done in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ Jesus. Leonard Besa, just stay on. Let me break away and take this caller. Hello. Hello. Many thanks for joining us. Where are you calling from? Good evening. My name is John. I'm calling from Medeguri, Bonnie's Please go ahead. Yes. Mike Chavul, good evening. Many thanks for joining us. Grobo Baba, good evening. Bless you. Yeah, I really want to, I really want to thank you for your good work. I just want to appreciate you. Thank you. And uh, I need Grobo Baba prayer. All right. We'll pray for you at the end of the broadcast. And thank you for calling in. Okay, so let's get back to Kitwe, Zambia, where Leonard Bessa writes from and continues. That's why. We even choose a church of Christ where Christ is revealed. There is so much to learn about the finished work of Christ, global Baba, which means there's even no room for thinking of losing salvation. From where? Global Baba, we are a blessed generation to have a father like you be delivered from wicked and unreasonable men and more doors of utterance be open unto you. My life is full of light of the gospel of Christ and now live a fulfilled life, which I enjoy sharing with others. What a joy to have another Sotera season eight around the corner. Glory. Amen. A big thank you to Mama Rasho and the Triple J Plus ladies. Mr. Bush, a blessing to us all. Great grace abound to you. This is Leonard Bessa from Kitwe, Zambia, Global. Brother Leonard, bless you and thank you for writing. We appreciate you. All right. Let's um, go now and see Stanley, who has written in, doesn't tell us from where, but it says, I'd like to thank you, Global Baba, for all the feedback you give. I am so, 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 so fond of you, Global Baba. I'm um, thirsty for such deep illumination of the word. Okay, can I just take a break and take that caller? Okay, last caller. Hello. Uh, hello, yes. good evening. Many thanks for joining us. Your last caller, one minute. Good evening, Dura Good evening, bless you. Good I'm night. calling from Italy. Good day. Go ahead. Hello, brother. Please, I want to just ask a question. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. About uh, what you see in John 125. John 1. About the work that the miracle that the Lord did, that no book cannot contain all the miracle that Jesus did in the world. Yes. So, brother, I want to ask about what people are saying that almost everything we do is the scripture like some pastor or some men of God we got a conviction or a revelation from God or an instruction they will not impose it as choice to be general uh, assignment or general uh, doing they get attacked from other men of God that is not scriptural 
But I want to know if only the miracle that Jesus did cannot be contained in a book. Our daily activity, uh, you know, our, our daily activity, the way we live our lives, are they all contained? Are they, are they, are they to the scripture? I don't know if you got here, Oliver. No, I didn't get the question well. No, okay. What I was trying to say, I think our daily activity that most thing we do, they are not scriptural. And just John 21, 25, I believe the miracle, you know, the people cannot be contemplated the miracle. It's just judge many Christians for what we do, that they are not for everything we do, our daily activity is scriptural. Okay, I still didn't get your question, but I heard you say, John, Jesus did miracles that are not recorded. And the last thing I heard you say was, is our daily living supposed to be scriptural or pictorial? I didn't get that. So your question is not clear. Sorry about it. And what you can do, you can just quickly send a quick text message and then we'll take it from there. Global, but I'm, seeing, I'm still thinking whether I'm able to squeeze in um, this longish uh, email from Stanley, but let's see how it goes from this anonymous location. Great. Thank you so much for the feedback that you give us. I am so fond of you, Global Baba. I test for such deep illumination of the word. Global Baba, you are transforming lives across the world, including myself. I'm a lay minister of the gospel. You bring to light many of the things I seek answers. Scriptures have been misinterpreted over the years and unfortunately have come to stay. Some of the interpretations or misinterpretations don't settle with my spirit. And I'm still, I was still searching. Now I have answers from Global Barber. I want to learn and learn more from scriptures with your direction. How do I achieve that? That's number one. I've always read the scriptures mostly twice a year. I go through the whole Bible. I thirst for more. Now I need more illustrations. Dr. Damina, you are the man of God to lead the way. Please, I want to learn more. Stan Stanley, thank you. Thank you, Stanley. Our office will reach out to you on how to get more materials to enrich your work with Christ Jesus. Okay, Global Baba, we must go. Um, prayers. We have uh, loads of prayer requests. We just go. Let's pray together. Father, we pray for that child in the UK whose parents reached out to us. Uh, Brother K, the child that is having issues with speech and development. We command all the organs in the name of Jesus Amen. to receive a miracle Amen. of healing, a Amen. miracle of development. Amen. In the name of Jesus, Amen. receive it now. Amen. We also pray for that sister who asks a prayer for her husband. We ask that you reach out to the husband supernaturally, meet his needs supernaturally. Amen. We pray for their marriage, Amen. that the blessing is upon your home Amen. and your testimony is established. Amen. We also pray for the brother who asks for prayer for his ministry, that he has utterance, he has revelation knowledge, he speaks the word of God with boldness, and the gospel of Christ finds expression through you and your ministry. We pray for everybody else that reach out to us today. We take authority over every oppression, every attack of the enemy is rebuked, in the name of Jesus. Amen. We receive miracles, answers for everyone that is connected to this broadcast. And wherever you are right now, receive a miracle, receive answers and healing for your body in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 Okay, so producer, Pastor I.J. Aquera and his production team join me, Michael Bush, in Uyo, Nigeria, to sign on Global Barba to take us home. Then the Continental, Mr. Bush, it's been a wonderful day today. You know, uh, and we want to thank all of you for giving us the opportunity to serve you the grace of God. Always an honor to reach out to you with the gospel, bringing clarity and helping you to identify materials from our ministry that will enrich your work with Christ. 
order for them and, and ask for whatever you need. Send the mail and we'll see how we can serve you. But always a joy to bring you the word. Tomorrow evening we'll be back here again with the broadcast and it's going to be a great time teaching you on nurturing and building relationships. Remember tonight we're on Inspiration 9 to 10, Heritage FM 10 to 12, tomorrow morning 545, XLFM and 11 to 1 Radio Aquaibum 1 to 3, XLFM and we're back here tomorrow evening 6 p.m. GMT plus 1. Hey guys, we love you. Always an honor and a joy to serve you the grace of God. Till we come again your way tomorrow, enjoy the grace of God and be blessed. Goodbye from Uyo, Nigeria. Amen. Praise.
vez.